How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm uh, very good, thank you. Good to see you. I see you got your great cup ring on, so that's uh, that's nice. Uh, you you mentioned when you walked into the booth today that it was a weird feeling for you walking into the stadium. It's the first time you've been to a game since you retired. Yeah, it uh, it was pretty interesting parking where I used to park when I used to play with the Eskimos and walking up. And as I was walking up, I saw Travis Bond getting out of his Uber, and we had a couple words outside. And he went down where the players go, and now I go up where the media goes. So it was pretty neat. <laughs> uh, Tell me about the decision. Are you happy with it? Are you at peace with it? I know it's 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 tough to leave the game, I'm sure, and, and get on with the rest of your life. Yeah, you said the word, uh, peace. I certainly am at peace with it. Um you know, uh, which means I made the right decision because uh, I had a good opportunity uh, lined up for myself after football and I'm fully enshrined in that now and uh, you know what, I don't miss the game of football whatsoever. The fellas, the locker room, other aspects I do miss, but the actual physical game of football I don't miss one bit, Uh, so it feels really good. Seems uh, athletes, they always say the same thing, whether it's hockey or or football or baseball, after they retire the thing they miss the most is the dressing room. Yes. Certainly, because the relationships, right? You know, you not many uh, work atmospheres you can go into and crack jokes and uh, just have nonstop fun, and that's uh, really accepted. I mean, some some workforces it's it's like that, but uh, not many are like that, like the football atmosphere and a lot of good guys that, that have developed relationships with over the years. Now, when I talked to you in the spring and you uh, announced your retirement, you said that you're going to stay in shape and you're going to answer the phone if it rang. Uh, has the phone rung? The phone has rung. Yeah, it has. Uh, Calgary called me a little over a month ago, um, looking to see what my interests were and, you know, if I would have some interest in potentially joining their club. And uh, I was happily able to decline that offer and say no, uh, not only because I'm an Edmontonian, but uh, because, again, I'm at peace with my decision not to play ball. So it felt really nice. I imagine, uh, Blake, I think you had the same uh, opportunity too. It's nice to go out on your terms. Yeah, what I was going to say is that uh, of all the, uh, you know, I, I, uh, people that I played with, there wasn't very many guys that were able to go out on their own terms. And and, and it is that kind of a feeling like uh, there's nothing left in the tank. And you play till that's the case. I remember Ron Lancaster telling me that, saying that you're better. I mean, I was lucky in that I came back. I was able to come out of retirement to play because they needed somebody. But he said, you got to play until they pull the jersey out of your hand because um, uh, otherwise you'll always have those thoughts potentially that you're, you know, maybe I could have played or whatever. So mm-hmm. to, to be able to make the decision on your own is fantastic and what really kind of ticks me off is that you look like you could still play <laughs> you know four months after i was finished playing i was like 30 pounds heavier <laughs> you look great thank you i appreciate that that's one thing i did want to make a point of was you know continue to stay in the gym and continue to you know maintain the physique a little bit uh growing up coming out of high school going into college i was big i was oh, like 350 pounds oh yeah i was big so uh <laughs> Having dropped the weight and played my whole career at about 275, 280, that was one thing I never wanted to go back to was the 300-pound club. So I vowed to myself, I vowed to my wife that I'm never going in that direction. That's one thing you do. I think when you're a football player especially, you learn to eat pretty well, right? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you gotta you got to fuel up, right? Unfortunately, I learned those habits uh, due to an injury. Um, But, you know, hindsight, I'm thankful that I went through that process and was able to learn about the body and about nutrition. 
How close are you keeping tabs on uh, the Canadian Football League in your first year out? Very close. Yeah, I, uh, I PVR all the games. Uh, obviously, I'm so f- closely removed. I have a lot of buddies who are still playing, and I'm keeping up with them. And it's definitely something that I'm very interested in still. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm paying pretty close attention well, to it. Well, the, the one thing I'm going to now that I, I know that you're I, – I didn't realize you were still in town, but uh, there's uh, the Eskimo alumni. Uh, we're going to have to start collecting some dues from you. <laughs> I've, I've heard about the dues. Yeah, I have. And since this is my first game, I'll have yeah. to go to the room. Yeah, have, yeah exactly. and head in there and uh, see what's going on. Yeah, uh, yeah. You gotta, you get to pay your dues and go in and just tell a bunch of lies. Yeah. Well, the, the best thing is, is that uh, nobody's listening to you anyways because they've got their own lies. They're trying to. Uh, yeah, everybody's you know, trying and everybody, to lie. You'll see that that's just a room of experts that know nothing about the game. <laughs> Absolutely, so. I, I'm well familiar with those guys. <laughs> uh, all right. So you've been watching. What do you think? First off, let's talk about this Eskimo club. What do you think about? Uh, what have you seen from them? Um, you know what? Defensive line, me being a former D-tackle, it's pretty nice to see them get after the ball the way they do. Uh, Philip Lawley, we all knew he was aggressive. He was uh, a coach on staff with uh, Jones uh, for a couple years, uh, the years we won the Grey Cup. And, uh, yeah, I, I knew he was going to be aggressive, but, I, you know, he wasn't a D-coordinator at that point in time. He was just a linebacker coach. So it's interesting to see how truly aggressive he is. Man, they're sending blitzes left and right. Their linebackers are twisting. And the way they scheme up offensive lines and the blocking schemes, it's pretty impressive. And, um, you know, I look at the D-line specifically. And watching those guys and the numbers that they're putting up, it's pretty incredible. Um, I don't think anybody has less than four sacks. Well, one of the things that we've talked about is that, I mean, yeah, I think every defensive coordinator in every league wants to be aggressive to get after the quarterback. But if you don't have the personnel that can be able to support that, then you got to play a little bit softer because if you're sending blitzes and you don't have cover guys, it's going to be a problem. I think this is one of the most well-rounded, balanced teams that the Eskimos have had defensively for probably the last few years. I would agree with that. And then Trevor Harris, you know, having competed against him for a lot of years now, he's playing some really lights-out football. He's a very accurate passer, and, I mean, we're seeing the fruits of his labor out here. He's moving the ball fairly well, so that's it's nice to see for that team. That's the one thing we've always heard about Trevor Harris, and then when he gets here talking to receivers who are catching the balls that he's thrown just about his accuracy how accurate he is and and coaches talk about how good he is at making his reads and, and doing the progressions and find always being able to find the open man and put it where he needs it yeah yeah and, and you see it i mean um he he can make every throw on the field and he's got a really nice receiving core around him um you know some news this past week losing kenny but um as i mentioned on twitter in return the eskimos got a great returner and that was a position of need. So I think that worked out pretty well for them. So, yeah, they were a really well-rounded team. Yeah, the the last time the Eskimos had a kick return, you were playing for them yeah. uh, back in uh, August of 2015 with Kendall Lawrence. I yeah. just want to ask one question. What is this Twitter thing you talk of? Morty's <laughs> <laughs> always on me. I've been on Twitter. I think I've tweeted six times. Well, he, he has an account. I don't know if he looks at it or not, but he has an account. Every day. So, yeah, uh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Uh, anything, uh, anything surprise you around the league, uh, the way things have uh, have have rolled out I, I think BC would probably be the biggest surprise like I I didn't predict them like a lot of experts to be first and, and to be a runaway team in the West I didn't think they'd be that good but I certainly didn't think they'd be this bad yeah it's it's pretty shocking I mean they're one and six correct 
Yeah. 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 It's it's shocking. I mean, not only because you have a Mike Riley led team, but there was some talent. There there is talent on that roster. Uh, obviously, they've been nicked up pretty bad at O line, and that that doesn't uh, bode well for any offensive scheme. But yeah, nobody saw them. I don't think going one and six in the first third. Uh, other than that, not. Too many major surprises. Winnipeg is kind of doing what everybody thought Winnipeg would do. Uh, I will say, though, without Andrew Harris, that team wouldn't be nearly as good as they are. It's incredible what that man is doing on the football field. And, uh, yeah, he's just – you're right. He just makes things happen. And doesn't matter if it's through the air, on the ground. When he gets the ball, he makes things happen. And their defense and their special teams puts their offense in great position all the time. Uh, Matt Nichols doesn't have to be lights out. He doesn't have to put the numbers up the other quarterback. To, to score the touchdowns and you know he's he's taking what they're giving him and he's making points out of it yeah you know the interesting thing when you compare like tonight's game with the amount of players that are here in Edmonton that used to be in Ottawa and how how they're making significant impact and, and then you do the same thing with BC how many B- players in Edmonton that are in BC that aren't doing mm. what they're being paid for it's uh it's, you know, I, I made a comment to somebody uh, a couple weeks ago. There, there, there's a reason why those guys aren't still with Edmonton, the guys that are in BC, because I think that some of those guys are maybe at the, the you know, the, the, the downside of their careers. And when I look at how uh, Mike Riley's been taking a beating this year, if you're, it, it just, it, it, in any league, if you're going to get a good quarterback, you better be, be, uh, be able to protect him. And they just haven't done a great job of that this year. And I will, I'll, I'll, I'll give uh, Ed Herbie some credit because he, looked like he went out and he protect and he got the guys to protect him. I mean, he he signed Suk Chung. He mm-hmm. got Brett Boyko come back coming back from uh, the NFL. He's, he's got Joel Figueroa. They have guys who should form a good offensive line, but for whatever reason, it's just not working. Well, if you, you know, if you, there's a thing about getting a talent and a thing about meshing in the locker room or having the type of personalities that can f- figure out and play. I mean, you played against all those guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, I've, I've heard things about Suk Chung that, he, you know, he was athletic, and he, but he was one of those guys that could be a little bit of a head case because he played at the University of Calgary and I, I know guys that played with yep. him. And, and he could be a guy that could get off his game. And if you don't have the type of people around him that can support him, I mean, that's just one example, but it, it's not always about having the most talent. It's about having the best team, and they certainly don't have that. Uh, they don't have that uh, out in BC. No, and you're right, and I can agree with that. And I'm not here picking on Souk, but y- you hit it right on the head. I mean, there would be times if you get the better of him on a play, he doesn't care about the next offensive play. He cares about trying to get you that next yeah, play. Yeah. And uh, you can get him off of his game. And I'll be honest too, um, Goosen really thrived because he had Matthias Goosen next to him, uh, center with the Bombers, and he was he was the true anchor of that line. Uh, for their really successful, most physical years that I played. Uh, so maybe not playing next to a center who uh, can, you know, really lead and dictate how the offensive line should be, maybe that affects them to a degree. So who knows? Now you bring up the fact that maybe the BC lanes aren't gelling like you would expect them to or like you would want them to. The Eskimos have the same situation here with all the new players. Uh, Jason Moss has uh, gone the extra length to try and make this team a team and a family and, and done all sorts of team bonding things right from the start of training camp and spent hours in the preseason thinking about how he wanted to do it and how he wanted to help. I think he's got a, he deserves a lot of credit for kind of creating that atmosphere and everyone's bought into it and maybe 
you know, Devon Claybrooks is a first-year head coach. Maybe that wasn't one of the things that was on his radar going into this position, how to get all these guys to come together. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I've heard, too, from the Mondos and the guys that I keep in touch with is how much Moss is preaching that family culture, that, uh, that tight-knit team culture, you know. And my first year uh, – or, sorry, Coach Moss's first year was my last year uh, with the team, and uh, certainly that wasn't a focus, you know. So he definitely has changed his approach and you know you can see it um, I'm sure the guys really are playing for each other instead of just playing for a check so that helps always it seems especially in the last couple of weeks the Canadian Football League for 2019 it's been dubbed the year of the return I mean I, you can't keep track of the stats they change every game somebody gets a return uh, for a touchdown we saw a couple in the game last night we've got one already in the game tonight uh, in Montreal by the way Saskatchewan leads the Montreal Alouettes uh, almost at halftime by a score of 16 to 10 uh, that game going on in Montreal. Um, that's weird. Like, uh, I, I don't know what's changed that all of a sudden returners are hitting the end zone. I, I, it's tough to, to put your finger on it because I, I, that's one of the things that, of course, every team uh, spends so much time on, on working on returns. But there has been a mesh of uh, uh, with the returners and with the, the special teams coaches and teams. And I, I don't know what that is. I, Edmonton being the only team that doesn't have a return this year and hasn't had one for, for a while. I since, think Montreal's uh, still without one, too. Okay. So yeah, it's and, been, but the Eskimos have just one big play yeah. on a return of, of mm. 30 yards. And that was just 30 yards. And that was against Toronto a couple weeks ago. I know Coach Moss was talking about this yesterday, uh, you know, there's 10 new or, or 10, ch- 10 changes on the roster this week. And he said the most significant is that a lot of those guys were key special teams guys. And if those guys were getting dinged up in Calgary, that is a, a reason why they gave up 270 yards in returns. Uh, that was a big reason for it. So, uh, so yeah, you, you've got to have the right, again, the right mesh of personnel, guys that are good special teams guys. And and, uh, and maybe the Eskimos are a little, if, if, if they're good in defense, their offense is leading in, in, in uh, net yards. But special teams is woeful, and that's something that they've got to get better at. Or going against Ottawa, this could be the turning point tonight. Uh, that's going to be a hot topic uh, on the pregame show coming up. Uh, special teams for both these teams because of the changes the Eskimos are making, and because of the quality of special team players at the at the key special teams positions: punter, kicker, and returner for the Ottawa Redblacks. We'll talk about that when uh, we come back. 